What's up, guys? I am Anchor Pete, and we are on Comic Books Transformed, where we talk about the media that's been adapted from our favorite comic books. That can include movies and TV shows. And, you know, we're kind of stretching that a little thin. Brian and me and uh, Danny, we talked about Raised by Wolves. That's not even based on a comic at all. You know? You know, I, I think we're going to stretch it so thin that, like, we're going to start talking about, like, The Departed at some point because, like, Jack Nicholson buys Matt Damon some comic books in the beginning when he's a little perfect, kid. Perfect segue. Yes, yes, perfect. But I am ready to talk about our boy and the newest episode Woo! of The Book of Grogu. Are you ready for that tonight? Let's do it. I stole your joke, man. So okay. I, I, I stole it from you last week, too, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for tonight, uh, we are going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 6, and then we're also going to be talking about Peacemaker, Episode 5. So if you like both of those shows, stick around, maybe join us in the comments, let us know what you think. Brian, were you surprised that they went and saw Luke and Grogu in this episode? Um, I mean, at the end of the last episode, it was pretty much a given that he was going to be in the episode. Um, and obviously Luke was with him. So, yeah, I wasn't really surprised by it. I was surprised by how much they were in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought that maybe what was going to happen was the Mandalorian was going to go off there and you weren't going to see him. And then he was going to come back to uh, Tatooine and be like, whoa, that was a real emotional journey. But and then, you know, then they just like, let's go fight some Pike guys. But no, nah, they, they spent like, what? half the episode dealing with Grogu and Luke, right? I would say more than that. I mean, again, this is another episode with basically without Boba Fett. I mean, he was in the episode for about 30 <laughs> seconds, no lines, but he was in it this time. So that's, that's, that's more, but it's still so very odd that we have a show called the book of Boba Fett and the last two episodes have not had Boba Fett. Yes. Yeah. Didn't he say like one line wasn't like that's Din Djarin. Did he say no, that? Benick said that. Oh, okay, He's, okay. I went back. I went back to, to uh, rewatch the scene before this. He does mm -hmm. not say a word. He just kind of gives like a nod. He's like. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's that's cool that you caught that because I thought he said something. And I realized I've been saying the Mandalorian's name wrong this whole time. So it's Din Jaren. Well, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. There's not a J in the, in the beginning, is there? Oh, no, yeah, the, you're right. Yeah, Din Jarn. Yeah, yeah. I keep saying like Jin, like a like a fucking genie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, this episode though was like a Star Wars wet dream for me, man. Like seriously, cameos galore. Yes, yes, and like, um, what do you call it? It had Sophie Turner. No, she's from Game of Thrones. Sophie Thatcher from Yellow Jackets in it yet again. Then you had friggin' Ashoka. Ahsoka, if you could say her name right, uh, Grogu, the Mandalorian, uh, freaking Cad Bane showed up. It's insane. Which you called last week? Or yes. Or no, whatever it was. I, I did predict it, and I feel kind of cool, but a lot of Star Wars YouTube guys predicted it too. Um, however, the way they showed him come in, I thought that was chef's kiss, man. Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, you know, that was the name of the episode. Yes. Mysterious man from the desert or something. A stranger walks in from the desert. Yeah, that's way better than what I said. 
<laughs> Mysterious man from the desert. That's like a Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> they pull up his blue face. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, it was old man Withers. But um, anyway, it was Mephisto. It was Mephisto. Um. The the stuff with him. Okay, so first of all, I forgot to mention Tim, Timothy Oliphant is in it too, and I love Timothy Oliphant. Too. Yes. Also, something I just learned about this character too. I didn't realize that this character is uh, Cobb Vanth is from the books. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, they said that on Star Wars Explained too, and I was like, well, what books is he from? And it's I'm not sure if he's from what's that? It's the the aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig. Wendig. Yeah, Chuck Wendig. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he was more like apparently he wasn't like a main character like that. He was more in the in the uh, in the like the periphery. But um, you know he he they, they, he does have the armor. He does have Boba Fett's armor. He, he is living in Freetown. So mm. it's, it's interesting to that to see that to, to hear that and see this show, mm-hmm. uh, even though I didn't know it beforehand. Yeah, I read the very first book in the Aftermath trilogy, and I like Chuck Wendig. He has this great Twitter presence. Um, I've actually I've met him in person, too, at a book signing. Uh, however, I did not really like that first Aftermath book too much. I'm sorry, Chuck. But um, I, yeah, I think that maybe that character doesn't even show up until, like, the second or third book in that trilogy, too. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he might have been a minor character. Uh, from yeah, what yeah. Today. Do you think that he's dead? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? He only, got, well, he only got shot once. Yes. But, like, you know what? Star Wars blasters are notoriously, like, weird with, with deaths. Like, sometimes one shot can shoot through a Stormtrooper's armor. Sometimes it's just like, oh, it's, I got to burn, whatever. I'm, I'll walk it off, you know? Yeah, um, like when Leia gets shot in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it, it's completely inconsistent uh, with, with, with that. I mean, who knows? Yeah. We got a little celebrity uh, comment here from Mr. Mike Bongiorno from Pop Culture Man Children. He says, I'm still crying over that episode. Mike, I would expect you to be crying over that episode based on how much you love Grogu. And that was a Grogu-heavy episode. Not to mention the fact that they showed Grogu during the, uh, you know, Jedi Temple attack, too. That was pretty crazy, right? Yeah, seeing his view of Order 66, uh, that was was kind of brutal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What do you think happens after that? Do you think that they run up to him and they're like, "Oh, this is a Jedi's pet," and they just like <laughs> leave him? Or, um, that's a great question. I mean, I I think they they realize it's a it's a Yoda, uh, and then they just captured him, you know, and locked him up. Okay, uh, and that's that's kind of yeah, that's where he kind of starts off. Is he's, he's in the, the custody of the Empire? Or the, yeah. Do you think that he is? And here's the thing, right, is that we're, like, all over the map. To, but it's just – it was such an exciting episode, so much in it. Do you think that Grogu is a natural-born alien from that race, or do you think that he actually is a clone of Yoda? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there's something interesting, too, that I, I noticed, too. So we, we obviously don't even know what Yoda's race is. It's, right. It's, we don't know that. We have only seen two of the species before. Uh, I'm sorry, well, three if you count Grogu. Right. Um, and the the weird thing about Grogu is, is his eyes. Yeah. Um, and I'm, that that's kind of throwing me off because he has those like the the big black eyes, and, and maybe it's just their race that they 
eyes their eyes change color when they get older or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, Yoda and is it Yaddle? Yaddle. Yeah, that's the Yaddle, female one. The it's female an attack one, on the I mean, They both had white white eyes with smaller black pupils or something like that. But they, they had whites in their eyes, and I think. Um, I, I'm kind of picturing Grogu with eyes like that, and I think it might be a little creepy looking on. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm wondering if that was just a design choice or there's something to it, uh, you know, plot-wise. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It, they definitely are keeping it a mystery, um, and I'm, I'm glad they actually haven't solved that yet, like explained where he comes from. Um, I do think that there might be some credibility to the idea that he's a clone because uh, – like, you know, the scientists were really interested in him. Maybe they're just interested in him because they want to clone someone that's as powerful as Yoda. But I know that, like, cloning is a big thing in the new canon with, like, you know, uh, the Emperor cloning himself. And then he made copies of Snoke and, like, he literally created Snoke. So, you know, well, I mean, I think- there were tons of Luke clones running around in the old uh, the old books, too, and everything like that, too. The expanded so, universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it all seems to be kind of connected to Grand Admiral Thrawn. And like in the Grand Admiral Thrawn original trilogy, um, there there's like clones in that too. So, oh, yeah. Like What's that? You like Mr. Sinister of Star Wars? He kind of looks like Mr. Sinister too. Yeah, you know? yeah that's what I was uh, thinking there. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's, let's try to get this train on the tracks here. So, basically, sure. Din Djarin goes to Luke's planet. And I'm pretty sure that's the planet that's in the flashbacks in... The Force Awakens that Kylo Ren just obliterates. Yes, and that dro- the droids that were on that planet were really cool. Those like ant like droids. Yes, uh, they were pretty cool. I don't remember ever seeing them before. Yeah, Although I was I was kind of questioning the, the the structural integrity of uh, of a house with just bricks laid on top of each other. You know, <laughs> you kind of like you know something to bond them together. They're just literally laying bricks on top of each other. And, and they're not really shaped all that well. <laughs> that's that's how Kylo Ren fucks them all up, man. He just does one force push, knocks that shit all yeah. over. Yeah, there's no stability. I mean, one bad rainstorm would, would kind of be a bummer in there, too. I mean. Yes, that's it. That's actually how they wiped out half the Jedi. There was just like a torrential downpour. That's why Luke was mad. He came in. He's like, oh, I'm so pissed. I'm going to kill my fucking nephew because <laughs> these shitty droids. But, um, you know, so – that was a cool little touch, and then he's sitting there and he's waiting for him. And R 2s there, and anytime I see R two, I just get choked up. And they played the fucking Yoda theme a couple of times at Grogu too. Um, but you know what? The thing emotionally that got me the most is uh, is, is the the, the non meeting of uh, Din and and Grogu. Um, yeah. you know, there's a point where you see uh, the, the ship flying his ship flying away, and Grogu's kind of like reaching out, and you're like he because he knows he was there. Yeah, and uh, that man, that got me because it's like yeah. a whole, uh, you know, father son dynamic, really, and that stuff always gets me as a as a dad. <laughs> yes, no, I, I totally understand as a dad as well. Um, Star Wars Explained, that's a YouTube channel, and he had a really excellent point about this particular episode. He said that, or it, it actually might have been Eckhart's Ladder. It's either Eckhart's Ladder or Star Wars Explained. They said basically that. Um, People complained about the first season of The Mandalorian, how it was kind of slow, and that there were these little side quests, and they thought that that wasn't interesting. That's what some people complained about. I mean, that didn't bother me. But um, he was saying that that helped, though, because those little adventures were all character building. And I think that that episode had an impact on you because 
we've seen Grogu and Din Djarin together for so many episodes. And a lot of times they're not even saying anything to each other. Well, Grogu's not saying anything to, to him. Um, but there's those like moments of bonding between them. And so now that they're not together, it's extra heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and the thing I keep thinking about too is uh, the, the end of the episode. Oh, no, the end of the episode is with uh, Cobb and, and Cad Bane. But, um, you know, the, the choice that Luke presents to Grogu. Um, but before I really touch on that, I, do, do you think it's all odd how kind of callous Luke seems? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It seems that he seems a little detached, I guess, you know? And, and I, I keep thinking that although um, uh, in in the last episode, the, uh, the, the conversation between the armor and Din, uh, they mentioned that you know the, the Jedi's forego attachment and the kind of the, the Mandalorian way is, is the opposite, right? Um, but but I keep thinking that they they both seem to be seem to be too steeped in uh, tradition and and all that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they should be as, as newer generations. They should be adapting and and not you know sticking so close to the the, the old ways, you know. I do know. I think that's a really great point. I think that it might actually be a fake out with Luke giving that choice to Grogu. I think that Luke, like in the uh, expanded universe, Luke does deviate from the way the Jedi are in the prequels. And he, you know, does let people get married and he himself gets married and has a kid. Um, so I think that even though he's presenting it as a binary choice to Grogu, I think that it might be like, Ah, I tricked you. You can have both. And he <laughs> lets him have a little chainmail shirt. He's, you know, he's like, that's the lesson is that we don't think in absolutes. Like, I, I feel like that's like the next story beat yeah, after that scene ends. Especially considering, too, that, you know, Luke himself for, you know, forego his, uh, for what, what the hell word am I trying to say? He, <laughs> he stopped returning with Yoda to go help his friends against right. his wishes. Like, he, right. he, he's done this already. Right. And he turned out this certain way. So it, it's almost hypocritical of him to do this right and it just, it just seems slightly out of character right i mean maybe it's like he's out of character no i i think that's a really great point you know he did follow his emotions went with his friends and he left his training whereas the jedi and the prequels would be like forget about your friends that kind of what yoda does say to luke in that empire strikes back but i was going to ask you just to kind of maybe go along with that thought um in the next episode, are we going to see Grogu at all? Because I, I feel like we're not. I feel like that's going to be in the Mandalorian. I I, I can't quite decide. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if your theory is right and it's kind of like a fake out that he, he kind of gets to do both, uh, that would be that would be ideal in my eyes. I think. Um, I I I don't know. I, I mean, I think I think the show The Mandalorian could work without Grogu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to not see Grogu anymore, so I don't yeah. know where he would pop up. But I also don't know what they could do with him. Yeah, um, it's a character that um, that doesn't speak, uh, doesn't move around very much. I mean, well, maybe now he will. Um, yeah, but I guess there's some limitations with having him around. Um, so I wonder if it's if it's better or worse to. It's like a weird conundrum. Like, <laughs> one of this insanely popular character 
But I, I think his use is honestly problematic. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, it's funny that Mike Bongiorno commented on here because he did an episode show about, like, franchises or movies that we'd like to see, right? And one of them was a show with Luke at this age, this post-Return of the Jedi age, traveling around with Baby Yoda or Grogu and starting up, like, the Academy and getting more Jedi. And I feel like the way that this episode felt, especially with Ashoka, oh, I don't know why I always say Ashoka, Ahsoka in there, to me, it felt like The Mandalorian did in the second season, where the second season of The Mandalorian felt like it was like kind of like putting little pins and things to be like, oh, we could do this as a show. We could do this as a show. And, and I feel like that's what these past two episodes have been. Been like, okay, well, remember, there's The Mandalorian. Oh, okay, now there's the Ahsoka show. Uh, okay, then we can also do like this show with Luke and Grogu, and you know maybe if this uh, Marshall guy's alive, we'll do a show with him. You know, I, yeah, I just feel like that's okay. yeah, like an Iron Man two of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think while you were talking, I figured out my own answer here. Okay, I think I think that uh, I, I think that if there's going to be a choice, he's going to choose the armor and the Mandalorian, um, for the simple fact that. I don't think a show about Luke is sustainable. Even if you had Sebastian Stan playing him? That would change things. That would right? very much change things. Right. If, if they got Sebastian Stan in here to, to take over the role, yeah. I think that could work. But in the current state with you know the the de the well, not the de aging. It's like whatever CG and what they're doing and the voice de aging because it is Mark Hamill doing the voice still, right? And and it, it, it sound it, although it seemed a little out of sync uh, once or twice, I think. Right. Um, yes. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. It, 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 I think it looked better too. It did. It, it, it absolutely hundred yeah. percent did. Um, did did they like hire that guy who did that crazy deep fake? Oh, I don't like, know. I don't know the behind the scenes, but yes, it is better. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I think unless they get a, uh, a a normal actor to play the character, I don't think we will see a Luke Skywalker-based show. Okay. I, I think that the fans want Sebastian Stan, and, and maybe they won't make a show with Luke and Grogu. I don't know. I, I truly don't know if they sit there and they look at all the comments on social media, if they look at the money and like the subscriptions and stuff like that if that's how they determine what they're going to make next, or if there's like an overarching plan. Um, but if they did make a Luke and Grogu show, and then they brought in other Jedi, I would watch the shit out of that, man. Yeah. Um, and I, I think to me, it seems like they're mining the, a different star Wars generation right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, they're, they're pulling all kinds of things from, from the prequels and the clone, clone war cartoon and all that. So I, I think they're kind of going to – they're aiming their sights at a different generation of the fan base. I think that the the, the people like like us that grew – I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could say we grew up with the original Star Wars. Um, I, I don't think we're the focus anymore, you know? I think the people that grew up with Clone Wars are. Yes, sir. Yes, I agree. And I think we talked about this in our last episode too, how like – when you go on TikTok stuff, it's like a lot of people are big fans of the prequels. They love Anakin. Um, you know, that's their thing, right? Um, and then Dave Filoni, who's the Clone Wars guy, directed this episode too, you know? Yeah. Um, 
your, your wife actually texted me. I don't know if you got it from her, but she was saying that the volume on your end was low. You sound fine to me. Oh. But okay. she, she texted All me right. saying that the volume was low on your part in case you didn't get okay. her message sent to you. Yeah. Um, oh, and then, oh, we got another. Yes, <laughs> nice and loud. Got another celebrity here now. We got Jonathan Nevere, author nice. Jonathan Nevere. He's got a whole trilogy under his belt. I agree. I'm starting to feel that. Yeah. They're not catering to us old fogies anymore. They're going for that younger millennial prequel crew, right? Yeah. As, as we kind of get older, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're phasing ourselves out of merchandise. Sure. Yeah, um, sure. But, but, and, you know, maybe the, the younger generation is open in their pockets uh, more. Uh, who knows? Yes. I mean, they're definitely more active on social media and stuff and more expressive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what else we got in there though. There was a lot of cool stuff. We got the Android, we got Timothy Oliphant. Uh, uh, I, you know, we were just talking about Luke and Ahsoka and, you know, I can't help but, but mention, you know, it was kind of cool to see, uh, Ahsoka mention uh, to Luke that he, he reminds her of, of his father. So that, that kind of uh, hit, hit me right there. You know, that was so fucking good. Yeah. It's, it's really cool that like, She's introduced introducing the Clone Wars as this younger character, as this young girl, and that yet she's older than Luke. You know, she's closer to Vader's age than she is to Luke's age. And so, yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's some other little details that were kind of fun. I like that the uh, the crate dragon skull was on that Jawa sand crawler, and that they had the crate dragon like body inside of the bar. Oh, did that? I didn't notice that. Like its skeleton's bones were the inside of the bar. Oh, the bar in, in, in the Free City. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That that was cool. Um, and then just like Cad Bane, I know we kind of mentioned him before, but I just think that the way they introduced him was just perfect. The way he just came in out of the desert. I mean, it was like pure straight up western right there. Yeah, small town. You know, mysterious gunman walking in from the from the you know the west. Yeah. Well, what did you think of him just like as a character? Right? Because you aren't as familiar. Like you haven't seen episodes with him, right? In the Clone Wars? Very, very little. Uh, and all I really know about him is he's voiced by Corey Burton, who was Shockwave in the original Transformers cartoon. Oh. So, uh, I, I'm instantly a fan of, of pretty much any role that any from that show has done. Yes. Do you know if he was the voice of Cad Bane in this episode? He was. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded a little different here than I think uh, than in the the show, but I think it, it it was for the better. I think. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was so well done with the you know, the brim of his hat down. He just kind of saw his teeth, and then he like looks up. He's got those big bulbous red eyes. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, what do you think's happening in this conclusion? I mean, I think we're both on the same page that like Boba Fett riding Rancor is going to happen. Yeah, both of Rider Rancor is going to happen. Um, I, I still think it's a little a little weird that, you know, that they think that just Mandalorian and uh, Chrysanthemum are enough to enough muscle. I, I guess it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. And, uh, I know they said they need foot soldiers, too. Um, I, I'm imagining that either uh, Cobb is not dead and he's going to come in with those people to save the day or that bartender dude is going to do it uh, and, you know, and, and avenge his friend Cobb. Um, yes. So I think they're going to show up at the last second. Although I, I kind of question how all these people want to just join in on a what is essentially a crime lord's gang war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, I you can absolutely make the argument of the lesser evil, uh, of right? It, and and Boba Fett would be the lesser evil in this equation, but like it's still, you know, imagine uh, imagine uh, you know, Din tells Luke Skywalker like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go back to Tatooine and uh, you know, help Boba Fett who you know, froze your friend in Carbonite for a couple of years, right? And uh, and I'm gonna hope you know fight a gang war on your home planet, <laughs> right? I, I kind of was hoping that Luke was maybe going to go to Tatooine too. And I was hoping that Boba Fett and Luke would interact with each other. I know that's not going to happen at all, but I thought that'd be kind of cool. Cause he's right there. Like when Boba Fett, you know, died or fell into the Sarlacc yeah. pit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is a weird kind of like lesser of two evils. They're like, well, we're going to go with that one guy with that visored helmet versus those fish guys with the other helmets, you know? Yeah. But, but with Cobb Vanth, I actually really did like that scene where he fought the Pike guys and then they go to give him the spice or whatever. And he just kicks over the spice. Like essentially like he's like showing he's incorruptible, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's my exact point is, is that they seem like fine upstanding citizens and Boba Fett is a, a crime. Lord. I mean, Cad Bane even says it. He's a murderer, you know, right. like he, he himself is. So yes, kind of like a weird thing to position him as, as a hero as much as, uh, you know, you, definitely seems to be trying to be doing better right i do think that um they're all gonna show up like you said and i, I think it, it will be the bartender kind of avenging Cobb vanth um for some reason i keep picturing like the end of three amigos when like the whole town dresses up like the amigos like that's what i picture them fighting i, I don't know why i'm picturing that but... you dress like boba fett or, or Cobb vanth uh and probably maybe, boba maybe fett mix maybe, maybe mix a bowl yeah, yeah. I mean, Cobb Vanth used to look like Boba Fett, so yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so, does Boba Fett die in the last episode? Um, God, I think based on the title, the book of Boba Fett, I feel like a book. I, I think of a beginning and an end. Um, so that makes me say yes, but the fact that he hasn't been in the last two episodes makes me say no. Yeah, yeah. I think that just Somebody's based on. Gonna die. Someone is going to die. Well, it's not going to be the Mandalorian. I, I feel like it wouldn't be Fennec Shand either. No, because they, Fennec Shand's had more lines than Boba Fett in the last two episodes. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and they're not going to kill Black Chrysanthemum because he just no. showed up. Yeah, he's, he's the new Star Wars hotness. So, yeah, no way. <laughs> um, yeah, like... Yeah, I, I do not know. Uh, I mean, this definitely is the last episode uh, of the season. So yes. Um, oh, oh, and, and and to answer John's answer your question, he does not talk in the episode. They no, no, he, he's making a joke. He's saying in the last episode oh. is going to oh, oh. Ah, sorry. Um, that would be fucking fantastic if he didn't talk at all in the last episode. Yeah, it would be pretty great. Um, and I think there was a, there's a section of the fandom that says he talks too much too. So maybe that would. Maybe that would please some people. That would appease them. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I, I don't think he's going to die because, uh, but somebody else has to, I think, to, to kind of, you know, have the stakes feel a little, a little higher. Um, but because if he, if he does die, this war is like for nothing, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah. He's not really changing the status quo if he dies. Yeah. 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 Uh, dang. I don't really know who they could kill off then on the good guy side because everybody's kind of accounted for it. Hey, oh, I got a question for you. Did um, what's her face? It's Jennifer Beals, right from Flashdance. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So so I put her in the thumbnail because I didn't want to ruin all the cameos in this episode. Do you think that she's dead? Oh, yeah, she's dead. She blew up. There's no way. <laughs> okay, all right. Well. Okay, so this is – remember last week I, I mentioned – oh, the couple previous weeks that, that sometimes those celebrity cameos are jarring. Yeah. Uh, and, and and in this sense, uh, I, I think it's – in a sense like this, it's actually good because – you you see that it's a a, a known actor, and um, you can't really tell if they're actually dead or not because some of these all these actors are usually like one and done. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Danny Trejo was was he even in two episodes or was he just in the one? I think just one episode for him. Uh, and then Milton was he was just in the one episode, so it's uh, I think that that's kind of a benefit of it as much as I I, I think it's weird too. Uh, yeah, how many. And I'm, it occasionally takes me out of it. Um, the fact that there, there is a like usually if you see a big actor in something, you kind of know that they have a larger role to play. Right. In, in something like this, you you don't know because there are so many just little mini cameos, so you can't tell because because you recognize someone that they're going to be important or not. Yeah. So, um, I I don't know if she's important enough to come back or or they need her to come back. Yeah. Uh, even though she wasn't you know, uh, just about every episode so far. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to think of like, what was her purpose anyway? Right. Like she did try to like calm black Chrysanthemum down in that one episode. And I think she was basically showing her allegiance to Boba Fett and not the Pikes in the kit. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably why she got blown up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think she had something to say about the mayor too. When, uh, they were talking about the mayor in the beginning of the show. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but that, uh, yeah, she did something about that. Yeah. But you think like a little twilight, a twilight tentacle came like flying out of the barn and like, oh yeah, she's dead in that explosion. (laughs) Man, that would would be, that would be going a little too far, I think. Right? That sucks because that band that had, that that place had like Max Rebo, the little blue elephant guy. He wasn't there? He was not in that scene. They did not show him. They showed a, a totally different band in that episode. Oh, oh yeah okay all right well he, he yeah, got he a got totally the... different band but uh mac I, I did not see max rebo in that background oh okay he right. and he took the yeah because he got tipped off man by some pike people all right here we go he somehow survived the 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 uh java's barge getting destroyed that's true man's man's lucky and we don't know if his legs or his ar- or arms or not we never know this that's a controversy with that character did you know that Maybe his ears just fly it flew him away <laughs> <laughs> Dumbo. All right. Given the lack of Boba in the last two episodes, what do you think of the theory that this was meant to be Mando season three, but Disney changed their marketing approach to sell this as a limited show? Oh, hey, I, I, I'd go out on a limb and say that this was meant to be uh, Mando season three, and uh, COVID struck and changed something, and they decided mm-hmm. to. Uh, to, to fill fill in some gaps here. That's what. Why do you think we got so many flashbacks scenes in the first two episodes? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fill up the time time was. I, I bet they filmed like maybe the third, uh, the the fourth, fifth, and sixth episodes, and then maybe they even retroactively filmed one and two of the show. You know, because because of some weird COVID related thing or some something. Wow, I or maybe someone wasn't available or something. You know. I never even thought of that for a second. That is interesting. I mean, that if that's if there's any truth to that, that's some like pretty incredible, uh, you know, like reverse uh, engineering. 
yeah, reverse engineering spontaneity, like that that's good stuff. Yeah, that's interesting because I gotta say that I, I'm I've enjoyed every episode of this show. I don't really have major complaints about this show. It's been fun. Um, I think I've liked it at least as much as the first season of The Mandalorian, but it has been very jarring to just like have a whole episode of The Mandalorian, then have a whole nother episode that focuses on Grogu. You know, that, that, that's that been the weird part of the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that the way I would have liked to have seen this done, uh, or maybe this is in a third path, uh, maybe this was intended to be like a CW-style crossover. Oh, you know, okay. And, and they, they couldn't film everything in time. Yeah. Like, you know, there was both, both shows were supposed to be airing at the same time, and, you know, you'd actually, like, watch one 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 night and then, then the next one like that. Yeah. Um, but, the, the, you know, scheduling or some production delays or something have gotten in the way. Um, because it, it, it it's super weird that we've had two episodes without Boba Fett and a show with Boba Fett's name in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he will show up in the last episode, and I think he will have some things to say, though. Yes, I, I agree. While he's on top of a rancor. All right, so we got one more episode of that to come, and now let's move on to Peacemaker. Yes. Peacemaker episode five, Monkey Dory. Uh, Were you disappointed that the gorilla was not Grodd or Monsieur Mala? No. Do you know who Monsieur Mala is? I I don't want people to think I'm just saying nonsense. I always think of um, – the two ape characters I know are Gorilla Grodd and – what is the other guy? Dude, it's Monsieur Mala. He's the one that has the beret, and he's with the brain. Yeah, I man, I'm thinking of the brain. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. because the brain is the thing next to him. They're, in, they're from, like, the Doom Patrol and Teen Titans and stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're Doom Patrol villains. Anyway, there's a lot of gorillas. There's a lot of monkeys in DC Comics, okay? And in this episode, a gorilla gets killed with a chainsaw. It's pretty cool. Yes. Um, because the gorilla was yeah, an no. asshole, yeah. Ch- uh, what was it Chad? Something like Chad that. was the name of the gorilla, yeah. The, yeah, because the, the, the one butterfly guy that was dying is that your friends are dead because they're with Chad now or something. <laughs> He's our protector, right? Right, right. Yeah, the gorilla had a butterfly in his head, everybody's got a butterfly in their head in this place, yeah. yes. So he uh, had to go. I, I really dug the um, the there were there were three things that right really I dug about this episode. Uh, Go ahead. One, three. Um, the the action was great in this episode. You know, peacemaker mm-hmm. running around shooting people in the head. Uh, the effects were great. Um, there was oddly like a shot when they first get noticed where some dude like leaps through a window that I just really appreciated. It looked really good. Yes, yes, I know exactly what shot you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other thing I had? I know what you had, man. It's when they said Optimus Prime. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, the, the whole improv scene in the beginning was fantastic. And you can tell that was improv because based on the, the scene at the very end uh, after the credits and all that, that they say different names. But yeah, Optimus Prime, Shipwreck, Over Commander, and the fucking cunts from Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. I, I, we've talked about how the you know improv stuff can kind of get on our nerves or it's not as good as some of the other stuff in the show but when he was listing all these people that could have been suspects instead of his dad and he said like bill cosby you know and he said something like bill cosby he just got out of jail or something yeah 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 that was great um so the director this time around once again it wasn't james gunn it was uh rosemary rodriguez 
who has directed a lot of different uh, TV episodes or TV shows like The Good Wife. And she did a couple of episodes with Jessica Jones, right? Any relation to Robert Rodriguez or? I, I didn't do that deep a dive, maybe. But she's been around for a while and she's done a whole bunch of TV shows. Um, not only did they reference Transformers and G.I. Joe, but they actually referenced the Fargo TV show in this. Yeah. That will always get a plus from me. Um, so, oh, and then another joke, I actually took notes because I, I felt like we weren't really giving enough credit to the jokes on this show. Um, I love when they t- do that whole thing about how Peacemaker was making fun of the guy's dicks. Oh, yeah. the um, the When he's in the background miming, like, like, like <laughs> that was fantastic. That was some great subtle little reactionary work by John Cena. Yeah, he's great. And, and he calls the one guy... Uh, my friend Vaney McVaderstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, so you know a lot more about music than I do, and you especially know more about metal. Uh, is that band the uh, ha- what's up? Hanoi Rocks. Yes. That's yeah. Is a that a? Band. Band. Yeah, it's a real band. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because from Finland uh, or Europe. Um, I mean, I didn't think I, I knew that they were like the originators of glam metal. I'm not really sure about that. Um, I, I've heard a song or two. I couldn't name one off the top of my head, but I've definitely like seen them being promoted at various venues in the area over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, obviously that was some bonding that, uh, how do you say his name? Economos? Economos, right. Economos and Peacemaker, they have a falling out because, you know, he found out that Economos had framed his dad and then they bond over essentially this band and also killing a gorilla. Um, it, it was it was kind of cool to see like Peacemaker kind of pushing his buttons, but then everyone getting annoyed at Peacemaker for pushing his buttons. And they really called him out for being a bully. And that, that's where the yeah. thing about the locker room and all the, the penises came out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I feel like this show needs scenes like that because – he really is that sort of that alpha male, you know, that just that, that guy that you remember from high school that was built like John Cena. Yeah, like and what, what's that? Like a meathead. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And, you know, we know that he has this kind of tragic backstory because of his crazy racist father. But um, it, it's good to just see him kind of get knocked down a peg or two, I think. Yeah, uh, and I think, too, um, I, I really appreciated that the, like the kind of – the bonding moment the team had after the mission. Right. Um, although it kind of makes me think someone's going to die real soon. Um, I thought that, uh, uh, oh shit. How do you say her name? Adebayo. Adebayo. Yeah. I, I think that like, I thought she was going to die. I thought it was going to be like a crazy, like, oh shit moment at the very end. Yeah. I, I think that's a um, classic misdirection there. Um, although, the only thing that can confuse me, I mean, we don't know what Mern's deal is. I mean, he obviously has a past, uh, you know, based on the conversations that, uh, yeah, with that lock guy. And then, you know, even, even Peacemaker said in the first episode, I've heard that, I've heard of that guy's name before and he's been in, in some deep shit. Um, but we don't know where he kind of stands here. We don't know, um, how long the butterflies have been around if, uh, you know, if they've only been around a couple of years, if they've been around a really long time, like, like you know, was this butterfly in Mern's head back at one of the other, other ship was going down in his past? Or yeah. is it more of a recent thing? Right. Um, so 
I feel like, uh, and, and then there's also the lingering thought from uh, Judo Master that the butterflies are not what we think. So uh, there's going to be some reveal or some kind of twist around or something like that the next episode. Probably going to be the first thing we see. Um, and I think they're going to explain why uh, Mern is on their side. Um, but it's a little weird that he reacted with the, the <sighs> kind of thing and chased yeah. after her. I yeah. would think that he would use a use normal words to try and stop her. And they're just right. doing that for effect to make people think that, you know, she could be in danger because really the, when people bond like that, uh, they, they overcome the differences that usually means someone's going to die to me. You know, that's foreshadowing to me. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like it, it, if anyone's going to die, it's going to be economos because okay. they're all kind of ragging on him. They finally got over it. And I think that that's going to hurt the most right there. Sure. sure. Um, but uh, at the same time, I, I think I would be really sad to to not see the uh, more of the of the bond that is building between uh, Peacemaker and Adebayo too. Yeah, I agree. That was actually a really great scene with him and her going back to his place and them kind of talking because it's not really a scene that you ever see where you have this kind of meathead guy who I guess he kind of is racist, but he you know definitely comes from like a racist past. And he's sitting there with a African American lesbian woman in his trailer. Like you don't really see a scene like that at all. And so I thought that was kind of unique. Um, yeah. And another thing that stood out, like you're talking about the bonding and sort of like them get, coming closer that, that one shot where, um, why am I forgetting everybody's names now? The, the blonde woman, hardcore, hardcore. Right. Yeah. She, she takes a picture of them. Like she takes a little group shot and, you know, it's just this little side detail. And then she ends up sending that picture to everybody when she's at the bar and that's easily like a throwaway scene that you don't need to f- focus on. But it's just this great little touch that makes them seem more like real people versus these like, co- you know, comic book characters. Um, I-, I think that you are on the money, though. And I do think that they will probably kill one of the characters. And, and I don't see Adebayo dying in this show. I think that like she- she's like second billing on the show. Right. Isn't it like John Cena, then her? Oh, good question. Um yeah, I think you might be right about that. Yeah, and plus, um, you know, we we know that she's Amanda Waller's daughter. Yeah, right. And we also still haven't really seen what her skill set is that they keep like talking about. I mean, I'm not saying she's like not fit for what she's doing, but they made it seem like she's like really, really, really good at something, and I don't think we've quite seen that yet. Right. She did make the connection between like the uh, butterfly source of food. And like where it was going to be, like they figured out where the butterfly's food was because of her. Yeah, but I mean, she was just looking at evidence, really. Like, I, I don't think that that qualifies to, to me. I think anybody could have looked at that and, and remembered that. Like, like the way the way Amanda Waller meant talked about her, uh, like her, her assets or something. You know, it, it made it seem like there's something like really extraordinary. Hmm. And I have not quite seen that yet. I don't think. Okay. Well. Dude, now I'm intrigued. Shit. Um, yeah, you know, and she did plant that diary in Peacemakers. Oh, yeah. What is up with the diary? What, what do you think is up with that? I mean, uh, it, it, that's been lingering since the second episode or so, but what is it for? Is, is it for, is it like, is there a microphone in there to record? Is there uh, information they want him to find that's in there or something? Yes. I No, I think that it's planted as like evidence for like him to take the fall. Like, I think that Waller is expecting that he's going to die or he's going to get arrested. And that whatever the case is, someone is going to search his, uh, 
you know, place. And basically they're going to be like, oh, here's him explaining how he's connected to this, this, and this. Like he's going to take the fall for something. Okay. So they're probably, it's probably something about the butterflies in general, why he's going after them and why, you know, okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, and and that's well, pretty good. Yeah. Well, but the interesting thing too is that this week we had news that James Gunn wanted to make another Suicide Squad spinoff show. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, and uh, I think he says he has ideas for a season two of this as well, but it may it may be a, a, a ways off. Right. If this was more connected to the Suicide Squad versus like its own thing, then I would think that maybe like Waller put something in the diary that had to do with Operation Starfish because that went really badly. And she got in a lot of trouble for that. So I was thinking that maybe like she'd make Peacemaker take the fall for that. I don't know. Um, and, and they still might do that by the end of this show, even though it doesn't kind of seem like it. it seems like it's more focused on the butterflies and stuff. But I think he does have to do some kind of penance for the fact that he killed uh, Flag and that he he had that kind of villainous turn in the Suicide Squad movie. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um and I, I just don't know where his dad fits in and that storyline fits in now. I mean, I, I get that it's it's a way to keep him out of jail, but I mean, maybe they didn't need to put him in that position in the first place. So I, I wonder where that's going to come in. Uh, yeah. What do we got? Two, two, three, three episodes remaining. We're up to five. And I think you said there was eight, yeah. right? Yeah. Tomorrow is six. Thursday, yeah. The Thursday, the third is six. And then two more weeks after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I just want to see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about from, uh, I mean, really that did kind of cover everything. Uh, um, this is really a throwaway comment, but, uh, we were talking about jokes before and jokes landing and all that. Did you feel that all of the vigilante jokes just did not land this week? Like usually <laughs> he's like on the money and like a scene stealer, but this week it, it didn't work for me. Yeah, it might have to do with like having a different director each time or, you know, they might be yeah. giving them different direction and it's not working or it could be the script. But the thing is, with the script, it is James Gunn for every episode, right? No, he didn't write every episode. He, uh, he did not. I don't think he wrote every episode. Oh, OK. OK. I thought he did, but you would know better than me. So, well, I'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah. And, and like maybe. Maybe when it has a different director, they let him do different types of jokes, and that's maybe why they bombed. But, uh, you know, he's good. You could almost make a spinoff show of just him, too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, definitely an interesting character. You know what, though? Maybe not. Because I think he works better as a as a foil. Like, it might be too much uh, if it was just completely centered on him. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a great scene stealer. And I think some characters are just better for that than being a main character. Uh, it, it could go either way, but I think I think it's what they're doing with him now, with the exception of this episode, really works well. Okay, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, so, who do you think the spinoff show would be about? Well, they said it would be very different in tone, uh, so I, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I feel like it's not going to be a it's not going to be either Zelda. Okay. Not many blood sport because too big of a name, and uh, I just don't see it. Sure. It have to be a more minor character that would be willing to do a TV show that would right. you know earn them less money, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and if it's somebody from that movie, uh, I mean, it's not going to be Harley. Right. Uh, I, I right. Think, I think Margot Robbie wants a break from, from from playing the character a little bit, 
Okay. Um, so, I mean, that it kind of leaves like Polka Dot Man or Ratcatcher 2. Well, Polka Dot Man's dead, right? Did he die? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got totally smashed by Starro. Oh, okay. So, it's got to be Ratcatcher 2 then. Ratcatcher <laughs> uh, 2 or, or uh, maybe, maybe it's like about Weasel. Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, TDK lived too. Apparently, so maybe it's about them teaming up. Oh, that'd be fun. No, but also um, King Shark. Ah, too much CG. Too much CG. There is a King Shark comic, and it's written by Tim Seeley, who I'm a big fan of. So, you know, but yeah, right. It'd be too much to do like CG the whole, and it's Sylvester Stallone too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I could maybe see that happening, but like, man, I, I really don't know. I have no idea what that other spinoff could be that he says is. He said it was considerably different in tone than this. Like, there wouldn't be as much comedy. This is definitely more of a comedy than uh, anything I would say. Yeah, so maybe the Ratcatcher two one is maybe yeah more than the money. Cool. All right. Well, I think that that brings our little discussion to an end. Unless, did you have anything else to say? I, I think I covered all my notes. Yeah. Cool. Oh, oh, wait, 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 one more, one more thing. Kite man. Hell yeah. Well, what? Tell me. Was, uh, in, in Peacemaker's trailer, there's a quick shot of an, uh, of, a, of a newspaper clipping where it says new hero Peacemaker captures uh kite man. So, oh shit. I am a bad fan. I did not even see that. It was real quick. Um, okay. It, it was right when, uh, Adebayo's looking at uh, the stuff on his walls, and she makes a comment about his uh, picture of his brother. It, it was it was shown right before that, like a, like a fraction of a second. Oh, okay. Well, that that's fucking awesome. I'm sure Tom King is happy with that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just nice that they've they've thrown like a real deep cut character in pretty, mentioned in pretty much every episode. You know, Mattery the Lad, and um, and this one, and uh, there was another one too uh, earlier on. I remember Matter Eater Lad because he's from friggin' the Legion of Superheroes. So yeah. Oh, Bat- Batmite. Batmite was the other. Batmite. Batmite. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I'm gonna have to go back and find that Kite Man spot. I'm sure there's like 80 different YouTube videos that talk about how that's in there. So probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. And so, uh, Brian, if you want to join me and Danny, if we cover Raised by Wolves, you just gotta get caught up with us. Oh, wait, 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 is season two like starting now or something? Tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess I gotta stay up tonight and watch uh, three through eight or ten. How many? How many is it? It's it's three through ten. Just be seven hours of your life. All right, I just want to sleep tonight. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, um, but we got that. You know, so Danny and I reviewed that today. If you guys want to go check out our Raised by Wolves video, and then Brian and I are going to continue to cover the book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. And then once that's done, we are going to review Doom Patrol, which we are both big fans of, but we haven't talked about on this channel. So if you guys haven't liked and subscribed, I actually set goals for myself. And one of my goals was to, uh, I just need about five more subscribers to reach my quarterly goal this quarter. So if you haven't subscribed, I'd love it. But anyway, we will see you guys next week for some more Boba Fett and Peacemaker. Peace.